Farzine Vesugian here with you for another episode of the Chief Stone Podcast. Playoff edition. Yes, the playoffs are here. The Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs ready to play against the Miami Dolphins. It is going to be a cold one, and we are going to talk about all of that and much more here on this episode of the Chief Stone Podcast. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the podcast. For those of you who are watching and listening live on Facebook and on YouTube, thank you guys for that. Very much appreciated. A lot of things to get into here. As I mentioned earlier, we will discuss the game between the Chiefs and the Dolphins and also some uh, key um, stories going into that game. Obviously, the big one, Tyree Kill, making his first return to Arrowhead Stadium. I'll give you guys my picks for this weekend as well. Also, some of the big uh, news and events going on around the NFL with uh, firings and teams falling short of making the playoffs. A lot of talk from all of that. Also, Aaron Rodgers has been in the news a lot lately. We'll, we'll, we'll get into all of that. So a lot of things to get into. I'll also give you guys my NFL awards, not my predictions, who I think w- w- will win. But if I had a vote, who I would vote for, for all of the uh, awards this year. Uh, all of that and much more here on this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Appreciate you guys making time to download uh, and listen to this episode or watching live. Greatly appreciate it. Hey, it's been an awesome year for the Chiefs this season. So... Uh, we can uh, we can keep it going. Fortunately, hopefully uh, for a few more weeks with the Chiefs. But hey, win or lose, we'll obviously keep do, uh, keep doing these podcasts uh, and live streams nonetheless. Want to let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. You guys want to go to Arrowhead this Saturday? You still got a chance. Go to SeatGeek.com. Get your tickets from there. And if you're a new customer, if you've never purchased from SeatGeek before, if you don't have a SeatGeek account, hey, I got a bonus for you. $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. All you have to do is put in my promo code Farzine and you will save $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. So if you want to go to the playoffs, you've never purchased from SeatGeek before. Hey, what a better time than now? And you can use my promo code Farzine and save yourself $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. Uh, Luis or Lewis. Sorry. I hope I got one of those right. Uh, Eric. Jim, I see you guys. Uh, I see the questions. I appreciate it. We'll get into all of that as we get going. Man, I'm excited. Playoff time. I know, uh, you know, things were kind of bleak for a while with the Chiefs, but um, here we are. We are uh, we are in the playoffs now. And listen, uh, obviously, with the Chiefs, the issues with this football team have not gone away on the offensive side of the football. Uh, now, obviously, we're not talking about the last game, the Chargers game, because we saw a bunch of backups in that one. Very few starters played in that. But the last time we saw the Chiefs starters, Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco, Rice, um, uh, Legeria Sneed, Jalen Watson, Justin Reed, uh, George Karloftis. We saw Chris Jones last week trying to get his bonus. But uh, the last time we saw all of those other guys I just mentioned was in uh, in the Cincinnati game on New Year's Eve. So the Chiefs. Got that uh, nice little self-imposed de facto bye week. And I'm telling you right now, that is huge going into this wildcard game because 
One of the big issues with the Miami Dolphins going into this game, they are banged up everywhere. This is a Miami Dolphins team that, listen, no one is full strength. No one's 100%. It is, uh, you know, uh, early to mid-January right now. So no one is uh, feeling 100%. And I'll tell you what, man, uh, getting ready to play football, tackle football in this cold uh, I mean, you can bet, not, not that anyone wants to see it, but unfortunately, uh, with the nature of the sport and everything, uh, you're going to see uh, you're going to see some uh, bumps and bruises, some injuries in this one here. Um, I, I mean, those uh, those tackles hurt a hell of a lot harder uh, in the in the cold than they do uh, in the in the heat. So uh, hopefully uh, everyone comes out good on this one, though. We'll see uh, what happens here. The big deal uh, going into this game. From me, two things. Number one, uh, I know this has been brought, uh, brought up by CBS Sports, ESPN, uh, ESPN South Florida. The Miami Dolphins have lost their last 10 games when the weather is below 40 degrees. Um, now, listen, a lot of these guys have played college football, uh, different play. I know Tua went to Alabama, but a lot of these guys have played college football uh, and have either played in cold weather conditions or, uh, you know, they visited teams often uh, in, with cold weather conditions in the NFL. Obviously, you have to make the... I mean, listen, uh, you're in a division with New England and Buffalo, um, so y you definitely have some games with them. I remember Miami came to Kansas City for one of the coldest games in Chiefs history. I think it was like two or three degrees at kickoff in 2008. Yeah, 2008. And uh, Miami won that one, 38 to 31. Uh, now, they had Chad Pennington, who was a longtime New York Jet. But when you're like like Tyree Kill, yeah, he played in Kansas City for so long in the cold. But then when you go to Miami, you kind of get acclimated. You get used to that Miami weather for a long time. You kind of forget what it's like to play in the cold for a little bit. Don't forget it completely. I will say this. I do think this is a bit of an overrated factor. Do I think it will be a factor? Yes, uh, for sure. Um, Jim was asking, uh, what the cold weather, uh, does that work, uh, to our advantage? Is it Miami a dome team now? Uh, not a dome team, but a, a warm weather team per se. So I, I think to me, it's like, you know, this, this whole thing with the weather, uh, you know, people like to, I remember, uh, Peyton Manning when he went over to Denver and I think this was even during his time in Indianapolis, whenever he lost a road game. In the cold, or whenever he lost the home game with the Broncos in the cold, such a big deal was made of how Peyton Manning, uh, because the Colts play in a dome, uh, he doesn't do very well in December and January games outdoors. Uh, obviously, the only way that's possible back when he was a Colt would, would be when he's um, when the Colts were playing a, a, an away game, which was very rare for the Colts to do. The Colts are uh, always a team that, uh, that uh, had a lot of home games, uh, of course, with Peyton Manning. So... Um, you know, that's just something, uh, to keep in mind. I know a lot of people make a big deal about that. So I'm, um, uh, I'm not so sure exactly, uh, if that's going to be as important. I I've been beating the drum on this stat for all week long. And I brought this up the week when, uh, the chiefs were getting ready to play the dolphins, uh, career wise with, with Tua, since he joined the Miami dolphins. Now I'm just using this year's stats because we have a full season to look at right now. And I think this is a very prevalent stat going into Saturday's game. So the Miami dolphins are one in five 
when Tua gets sacked three or more times. Let me repeat that one more time because that is a huge deal going into this game. The Miami Dolphins are one in five whenever Tua gets sacked at least three times. Oh, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs are second in the NFL in sacks with 57. The Baltimore Ravens finish first with 60. So, but, but the Chiefs, of course, second in the NFL in total defense, second uh, in uh, points allowed per game. This is a, this is a, um, this is a defense that is going to be ready for, for the Miami Dolphins. Now, I will say this, and we'll get into our breakdown later. Miami's offensive line is pretty damn good. So this is a football team that I think if you're the Miami Dolphins, what has to be your number one key for this game? You gotta, you gotta have your offensive line play its best game of the week. So whatever, like the best offensive line drills exist in practice, you gotta be doing that with your offensive line this week. 100%. That is going to be a huge deal. By the way, we got a lot of people watching live. Um, One of the uh, most, uh, Watch live shows we've certainly had this season, uh, understandably so. It's playoff time. I see a lot of you guys' comments. I'm, I'm skimming through them while talking and looking at my notes. Um, there's no way we're going to be able to get to everyone's comments today. We're not going to be able to get to everyone's question. And by the way, a, a reminder right now, we will do our Red Friday live chat as we do each and every single Red Friday, uh, sometime around this time, uh, this Friday. So um, that is much more conducive to interacting with you guys directly. So if you guys have questions and whatnot, um, uh, and if I don't get to them today, please come back for the Red Friday live chat because that is literally like a Q&A interaction with you guys. Uh, that is the purpose of the Red Friday live chat. So if I, if I don't get to any of your, your guys' comments or questions tonight, don't take it personally. We just have a lot. To, uh, I mean, I'm already way behind on the comments. I'm just skimming through. Uh, so, hey, man, uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys are awesome. I uh, very, very much appreciate it. I was a little nervous bringing back the Chief Zone. It was on a three-year uh, hiatus. Um and we brought it back at the beginning of uh, of the season, uh, before training camp, really. And um, it's definitely paid off. So thank you guys so much. Uh, it, it obviously means a lot that uh, you guys are here in uh, uh, big turnout, of course, uh, with the uh, biggest game of the year, the playoffs uh, now here. But I think it's a huge deal. The fact that the Miami Dolphins, they don't do very well when they play good football teams. The only team they beat this year with a winning record, the Dallas Cowboys barely beat them, but Hey, you beat them. That's all that matters. But in general, overall body of, of work here, Miami has not done very well playing good football teams. They can beat the living shit out. A lot of bad teams out there. Great. That's what you're supposed to do. Not shaming them for that, but whenever it's time to play the best of the best, Miami has not shown up this year. And, yeah, I mean, by the way, they've got a lot of league leaders offensively. And again, don't, those are nice. Those are great. If you're a fantasy football guy and you had guys like Tyree Kill and Tua and um, Mostert, man, I you probably won a lot of uh, fantasy football games this year. Um, but those stats can be misleading. Um, I, I've always believed in the saying, um, you are what your record says you are. And then there are some people who say, well, th this team's better than their record shows. Here's my thing with that, with something like that, because I think this applies a lot to the Miami Dolphins. You got to just watch the games. You got to watch the games. You got to see who they play and how they do in each of these games. And the fact of the matter is Miami just has not played good football um, against the best team. Look how they did against the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, a game that I think they should have won. 
Um, going into the fourth quarter, I didn't think Buffalo had a chance. And I think their their punt returner and their defense definitely stepped up. Josh Allen, yeah, sure, he got a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but, man, he committed three turnovers. Um, he continues to be a turnover machine. I know Buffalo Bills fans make such a big deal about his scoring, and obviously that's huge. But it does kind of even out when he has all those turnovers. So, uh, And the fact that Miami could not capitalize on that and win this football game, uh, and by the way, all the injuries on top of everything, uh, that's a huge concern for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, a huge concern uh, uh, for sure. Uh, by the way, I want to get to your guys' um, get to some of your guys' comments here. I want to know from you guys. Um, what are your guys' thoughts with this whole Peacock thing? Um, I've given my thoughts on this, and I'll if you haven't uh, seen my post on this, I'll share it right right now. Uh, I will actually read some of your comments right now regarding this thing. I can understand the complaints for this. I'm not, if you are upset by this, I don't blame you. Um, We knew this was going to happen. The NFL announced in the offseason that there will be a wild card game exclusively on Peacock. And it was uh, noted that that the two competing teams, they would, um, their local markets would be able to air the game on NBC. Uh, If you live in Kansas City and if you get KSHB, you know, for your newscasts or whatever on NBC, then you will get the game. Now, I'm told people in Topeka do not get KSHB. Uh, Please don't quote me on that, but that's what I've seen online. So those people would not get the game unless they are subscribed to Peacock. So if you do not live in Kansas City or Miami, you got to subscribe and uh, fork over the five bucks for Peacock. Um, Now, I know there are other avenues to watch the game. I am not here to... I am not here to promote any of that for very obvious reasons. Um, here's what I will say right now. It is just a few bucks, but I can also understand. And a lot of people said, Farzine, it's about principle. I, I get that. I said this in the offseason. If you want to watch, if you're like me and you want to watch every single NFL game possible, you have to subscribe to Prime for the Thursday games. You have to subscribe to ESPN Plus because they had a couple of the international games uh, exclusively on there. YouTube TV, you got to have that. And you got to have Peacock to be able to watch this uh, wildcard game. And I think there was one other game on Peacock, uh, but was not as big of a deal. So, um, you know, I'm not going to put out of the question that the NFL and CBS might come to an agreement that one of these games might exclusively be on Paramount Plus and the Chiefs play a lot of their games on CBS. So um, that is a possibility uh, in the future. I'll say this right now, and I know people are not going to like this, but it is the truth. One of these days, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, the Super Bowl will be on a streaming service one of these days. They're going to test it out. They're going to see how it's going to go. I I know sports like uh, the UFC, a lot of their events are are on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, You have to subscribe to ESPN+, and if you want a pay-per-view, you have to pay additionally for that. Uh, I know uh, Major League Soccer, all of their events, uh, regular and postseason, are on Apple TV. Uh, And I know with uh, KU Basketball, I know a lot of you guys are, are of course, KU Basketball fans. Um, Some of their games have been on ESPN Plus. And a lot, listen, KU Basketball is a huge deal, whether you like them or not. Um, Even if you don't, if you're a KU or a a K-State or a Mizzou guy, you tune in because you want to see KU lose. Um, But a lot of a lot of people were upset when uh, some of the conference games over the years were exclusively on ESPN Plus. Um, People don't want their games taken away to a streaming service. 
So I get that, but look at where we are now. I'm sure a lot of you guys watch some form of TV shows or movies through these streaming services. Look at shows like uh, the Mandalorian and all of the other Marvel shows uh, that have been on Disney plus look at uh, Netflix. I mean, they have had a lot of hits uh, on, um, on their streaming service. Squid game is a, is a huge one. I know, um, I cannot think of the name of the um, the docu series uh, on Netflix, but they've had um, they've had like the Manti Teo story, the Johnny Manziel, the Malice in the Palace. I can't remember remember the name of it. I'm sure you guys will remind me in a moment. Um, okay, KB says, "What's the big deal? Just sign up for the free trial." And, and see, I have Peacock, so I don't know this, um, but uh, I'm told there is no free trial available for Peacock and. Very convenient. Um, so that is uh, out of the picture, unfortunately. Yes, it is on my notes. Uh, so I will bring this up now, but Rochelle beat me to it. Charles Aminahu is a real one, man. He is doing a giveaway on his X account, uh, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, so if you don't have X, sign up for one and get to it. And please, if you live in Kansas City, don't sign up for this giveaway. Let the people outside of Kansas City and Miami enter. But Charles Aminahu is giving away 90, not 19, 90, 90, 90 subscriptions uh, of uh, Peacock to, uh, to to 90 different people. Like, come on. That's awesome. Uh, and I think it's for three months he's doing. I don't, I don't remember. You're at least going to get the game. Then, hey, uh, you can also get the Royal Rumble and I think WrestleMania in time. I, I don't, I'm not... Not a mathematician, and I'm doing this off the top. I don't know when WrestleMania even is. It should be like in the next month or two, right? Um, I'm also seeing a lot of people say they're not going to watch and they're going to boycott. Shut up. You're not boycotting shit. You're going to watch the game or listen to it in some form, okay? Uh, so everyone's going to be doing that. Mary said, that's what I might do, but I don't have cable anymore. I got the converter regular channels. No bill. Yeah, if you, if you live in Kansas City, you can get it on Channel 41, but I know not all of you guys live in the area. See, Jim's going to be listening on the radio. That's what a lot of people do. Robert says, I don't mind the NFL going to Peacock. I'm just sick of having to go through all these. Yeah. Amazon, YouTube, Peacock. Yeah. Um, I mean, the NFL, by the way, we all know why the Chiefs were selected for this game. Before we even knew who the Chiefs were playing, the NFL said, Swifties, if you want to see your, your girl, Taylor Swift, you got to pay $4.99 to see her. And Lord knows Swifties are going to do it. Swifties and Chiefs Kingdom, the uh, the duo we never thought we were going to see in 2023, carry over to 2024. Travis says, I think it's a slippery slope. If streaming services get a huge boost, then more and more services could try this. Then we have to watch 10 different services to watch football. I mean, if you guys watch sports as much as I do, and I think a lot of you guys do, I mean, are we going to start seeing college football do this kind of thing? Um, and if they do, they're probably not going to use the same streaming services as the NFL. They, they might try other avenues here. Uh, Major League Soccer will, will try some things. Uh, hockey, basketball. Um, I mean, the NFL. So, like I said, Major League Soccer did this with Apple TV. The UFC has been doing it for a little bit. WWE was doing, uh, they have a lot of their pay-per-views on Peacock. And I know the network used to be a big deal for them. The WWE network. But in terms of the uh, the major sports, um, the NFL has really gone. I mean, they are two feet in with 
having fans watch through streaming services. And by the way, I'll say right now, and I've brought this up years ago because we have a lot of TV show, a lot of popular TV shows that are on streaming services, uh, Disney plus Netflix, Peacock, whatever it is. Um, and now we have sporting events that we want to watch. Look, we are kind of at a time now where internet providers need to kind of step up their game. And uh, because I got a couple comments, people are saying, well, we live out in the country and we don't get the best services there. And I completely get that. That is a very valid complaint there. And, uh, you know, I think if you're the NFL and you want to go all in on these streaming services, okay, but man, you're the NFL. You have the ability to speak up and, and, and make an impact here. You gotta, you gotta let these internet providers know you need to improve your, your Wi-Fi signals here. And I, listen, I, I hate the fact that, you know, if you have a Comcast or AT&T Taiwan or whatever your internet provider you have, well, you can pay more for better service. Why should you pay more for better service? There should only be one type of service for, for the internet, but uh, that's the topic for another time. We're getting off topic with all of that, but oh, your son has Peacock because of WWE. There you go. Uh, your son, your son's going to be coming through for you, Layla. Um, Daniel says the more people watch TV on iPads and iPhones, uh, they will be on apps. That way you have the ability to watch games on the go. Um, but says no, thanks. No peacock got Mitch Holthus. Uh, we'll be listening on KR. ZK Branson, Missouri. Okay. Shout out to Branson, Missouri. I have never been to Branson, Missouri. I've never been. I need to change that. Um, yeah. Some of you guys are saying you have family members that watch stuff on Peacock. So yeah, that, um, that is, uh, awesome. So that is, uh, that's pretty cool. Yes. Thank you, Travis untold. That's what I was looking for. The Netflix series. I could not think of that. That is a great, I've not seen every single one. Um, Man, that Manti Teo one really blew me away. Like how he was duped. Shit. Like my jaw dropped. I, I still think, you know, it's on him. Like you got to be better than that. But oh boy, the way he thought he verified was uh, was crazy. Uh, Kirk, oh, wrong comment there. Kirk says, if you aren't into a streaming services by a streaming service by now you are missing out either way go to chiefs.com and buy a $95 ticket to the game and sell it out well uh, i'm not a mathematician but i think the the uh, peacock is much cheaper than uh, getting tickets to a game uh it is going to be cold by the way um so if you're going to the game man props to you because you could not call me a wuss call me a, a wimp i could not handle the cold uh, I, I just can't. I'll go for like a walk in the park and whatnot. And, and I mean, I'll dress warm for all of that, but to stay there for, you know, a three hour game. And then obviously you got to get there a little early and you don't want to get, you want to see the pregame stuff. Maybe you tailgate. I can't do that, man. I did that once before with a couple people in college uh, for a chiefs game. No, never again. Um, that is the last time I ever attended a game in the cold. Um, that's why I like going to Legion stadium in November. Cause they got a dome. They got a great stadium. How long have I been a wrestling fan? Uh, got to do it in late 99, 2000, and then kind of like got out of it, got back in it, got out of it, got back in it. Um, I've been in it back in it for a year now, not like fully in it, but just kind of follow like the people that I care about the most, like the judgment day, Sami Zayn, the bloodline, those guys. All right, man, we got a lot of people that uh, definitely spoke up on this. Okay, well, listen, I, no wrong opinions here. I, I can understand the frustrations, and I can also um, 
I mean, I get all of that. It's just, this is the future though. At the end of the day, um, it's funny. I was at the airport a few weeks ago um, at the new KCI airport and I was in line to, to get a, a snack. And this woman in front of me, um, you know, she was up there in age um, and she was, she was being kind of facetious too with the, with the cashier. She goes, do you guys have this thing called a newspaper? And they actually do, but it, it just did not come in on time that day, that morning. So they didn't have the newspaper ready. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like how many people ask for a physical copy of the newspaper? I mean, a lot of people just read on their phone or maybe they're listening to podcasts or they're the radio while they're walking around, uh, whatever the case is. So, you know, it's um, uh, it's definitely changed a lot over time with, with streaming services, how we consume entertainment, news, all that stuff. And um I think we're going to see it with other sports. I think we're going to see it with the Super Bowl one day. I don't think it'll be within the next five years, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happened soon afterwards. Um, I think we are gradually going towards that. I mean, listen, Thursday night games are, are, are on a streaming service. It's been that way for two seasons now. We're, we now have a playoff game. Um, so... We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, Gwen's asking, with it being cold, do you think it will be a low-scoring game? Lots of running and short pass plays. The short pass plays and a lot of running. Yes. Uh, the low scoring. I think you'll see some scoring. It won't be uh, as high scoring, but you'll see uh, some of it. And I'll get to my prediction later on uh, for that. Um, I did want to go back to the Chiefs because we know this has not been a good year, offensively speaking. Um, there have been some some issues with the offense. If you haven't heard already, the the tackle play has not been great. The uh, the pass catchers uh, not very good. Receivers and tight ends uh, a lot of concerns uh, across the board with the offense. We've been waiting for a few weeks, it, it, really all year, and we keep being told by the Chiefs uh, with Andy Reid and Mahomes in their uh, press conferences with Travis Kelsey on his podcast. They keep telling us, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And we continue to see these issues, even in the, uh, I'm sorry, not the Miami game, the Cincinnati game, where, yeah, the Chiefs, um, you know, finally got over the uh, the 20 point threshold that they've struggled with so much. And they got 25 points, regardless how they got there, how many field goals it took, but they still found a way to do it. And I think that's a step in the right direction after struggling to surpass 20 points. But, um, What's 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 what are we waiting on? Like, what are the Chiefs trying to do? Well, a lot of people outside of Kansas City have been talking about the fact that they're waiting on the Chiefs to flip the switch. Well, what what, what what's it going to take to flip the switch? Well, maybe the fact that they're in a playoff game. That's what it'll, it'll take. And what I'm trying to get at here is the fact that Patrick Mahomes, this guy might be considered your most experienced starter. Now, I say might be considered because Joe Flacco has been in the NFL uh, longer than Mahomes, but. He was, you know, out of commission a little over a month ago, right? So Mahomes, at the end of the day, has more playoff victories than any of the active quarterbacks right now. He's got 11 wins. Flacco has 10. Um, uh, so, you know, in terms of over, like, age-wise, yeah, Mahomes is the second most experienced quarterback. Um, just looking across the board here. Uh, so ultimately, man, it, it just feels weird because Mahomes is not, like, old or anything. Still in his um, mid to late 20s, but... At the end of the day, he is, you know, the most experienced quarterback outside of Joe Flacco. And I know some people kind of put an asterisk on that because Flacco has not been uh, uh, practicing, been with the team all year. Now, he's probably more fresh um, coming into the playoffs, and that's certainly a key as well, especially with the Browns giving their starters a week off just like the Chiefs just did. So I think that is going to be um, 
that is going to be pretty uh, key uh, to, to keep in mind. By the way, Travis Kelsey on his podcast, uh, which came out this morning, uh, and I don't know exactly when they record these, probably Tuesdays or, or Monday nights, um, but Travis Kelsey did address not playing on um, on Sunday in Sunday's game against the Chargers to get the 16 yards, whereas Chris Jones did play to get the $1.25 million uh, incentive bonus. Uh, so Kelsey essentially said he had been in and out of practice throughout the week, and he, ultimately, what he said was that, you know, he didn't feel like it was right. He he said that everyone in the building wanted him to get the 16 yards, which is understandable given how much he has uh, given to this franchise in this city. Um, but he didn't want it. It, it just was not a, an important thing. And you could even see in pregame, you know, he and Mahomes, they were all smiles. They were laughing him, Rasheed Rice. Um, they felt pretty good about not playing in the game. Listen, here's the thing. Yeah, I wanted the 16 yards also for Kelsey because he was going to join very rare company if he did it in eight straight seasons. But um, Kelsey can get a playoff stat, actually. And I don't think a lot of people know this. He is currently tied with Jerry Rice for the most 100-yard receiving games in the playoffs. And I'm going to double-check on that because I did not uh, verify this before. But I'm almost certain that... um, Okay, no, I could correction. So he's second only to Jerry Rice. So if he, um, oh, hold on. Uh, okay, I got that wrong. In terms of overall career stats, Jerry Rice has the most catches, yards, and touchdowns. Travis Kelsey is second in all of those categories in postseason history. Now, in terms of the 100-yard receiving games, I'm double-checking on that. Um, but I know he's either tied or uh, needs one more game to tie. Um... Who has the most 100-yard receiving games in the playoffs? So according to Stats Muse, Rice has eight, Kelsey has seven. Okay, so uh, Kelsey can get one more to tie it. And man, uh, what a person to tie it with. Jerry Rice, um, a guy who, um, who who has all the um, all the stats when it comes to pass catchers. Um, yeah, Gwen mentioned this with, um, with Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, this is really unfortunate. I can't say I'm too surprised uh, when you get put on IR late in the season like that. Um, it's just... You know, that's just the uh, the way things work out sometimes. But Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest is reporting that Jarek McKinnon, his season is very likely over. He uh, underwent surgery on a core muscle at the beginning of this month and making it unlikely for him to return uh, to the playoffs. He was spotted uh, on crutches uh, in practice today. So uh, unfortunately, it seems like uh, his uh, return would be an uphill battle this year. So he's set to be a free agent. He's come back on one year deals, two off seasons in a row w- with the chiefs. And would McKinnon be interested in doing that again? I certainly hope so. I, I think he can do a lot. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I really hope he comes back uh, because that would be great. Um, before we move on here. Uh, and before I forget, because this is interesting to me, Um, The Kansas City Chiefs are introducing a burger at Arrowhead for Saturday's game or G-E-H-A field, whatever the hell you want to call it. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is called the Red Zone Burger, and it is available in Section 111 at G-E-H-A field at Arrowhead Stadium. I also, what the hell is that thing behind? Um, What is that? I don't know what in the hell that is. I mean, are those like chicken tenders or I don't know what that is. Uh, But this right here is the red zone burger, courtesy of Airmark. Shout outs to calories. If uh, buy one, get one Big Mac sacks weren't enough. 
Well, you got yourself Red Zone Burgers from Section 111. <laughs> um, enjoy if you're going to the game. Uh, make a stop to Section 111. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this. The Chiefs are promoting Falling for Football. I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know if this is a short film. I think they're only going to show this at Arrowhead. But this is like a holiday love story. Essentially like a Hallmark type of movie. Now, I don't think it's a lengthy fi- uh, movie. Um, who are the actors for this? Um, because I don't think it's... Um, okay, Tyler Hines and Janelle Parrish... I looked up Tyler Hines on Instagram. He doesn't have a whole lot of followers. Janelle Parrish has 10 million followers, so there's that. Um, It's essentially like a woman and football getting in the way of her love life. It is. I looked at at the trailer for this. I'm sorry. It is cringe. Like, really, really cringe. Um, And part of the trailer... They're showing the two of them meeting for the first time. And they it's like the classic, you know, bump into each other. Papers fall everywhere. And then you look at each other. It's like, okay, that's what you see on like movies and TV shows, which I guess this is what this is. They filmed it in Independence Square. Okay. Good to know. Uh, yeah. Donna Kelsey's in it. Dante Hall's in it. A few uh, active chiefs are in it. Um, Tommy Townsend. Creed Humphrey. Uh, who else? Uh, Trey Smith. Um, and I think there's like some sort of a tie-in with friendship bracelets, so you can tell the timing of when this was filmed. This is so cringe that I'm still gonna watch it. I am still gonna watch it. I, I will. I will still watch it for sure. All right, guys, we will uh, take a little bit of a break from the Chiefs talk. We will get back into it. I do want to go around the NFL. Uh, I do want to give out my NFL awards real quickly. Uh, MVP. I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey's right behind him. I think Brock Purdy's also right behind him. Uh, But I think Lamar Jackson, I think the difference maker was he led the Ravens to blowout victories over the 49ers and the Dolphins, the two teams that, you know, for a long time, a lot of people felt like the Ravens would meet in the AFC title game and in the Super Bowl. So I got to go with Lamar Jackson on that there. Offensive player of the year, got to go with Tyreek Hill. Uh, Phenomenal year uh, in the passing game, Uh, even though, you know, it had not been perfect uh, at times for the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill really stepped up this year. And by the way, he's got another thousand yard receiver as his teammate. So um, still the fact that you can do all that, uh, I got to go with Tyreek defensive player of the year. I was going back and forth with this. I I considered TJ Watt, but I had to go with Deron Bland, man. The guys had a phenomenal year uh, on defense, Uh, you know, eight picks. Uh, five of them taken back for inter, uh, inter, uh, touchdowns, uh, which is an NFL record, and also tied the NFL record for most defensive touchdowns in a single season. So I, I can't go against that. Um, listen, TJ Watt, phenomenal season, 17 sacks. Don't get me wrong, but we've seen guys have um, more than that in a single season. Again, not to discredit 17 sacks. That's a shit ton of sacks, but I have to go with Doron Bland and what he's done this year. Offensive rookie of the year. I think this is an obvious one. Got to go with CJ Stroud. A phenomenal year. Really played a big hand in helping the Texans turn things around. Defensive rookie of the year. Got to go with Will Anderson. 
Uh, Got to go with Will Anderson for sure. Uh, another Houston Texan. That's That was my pick at the beginning of the year. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll stick with that one. Coach of the year. Uh, this was also my pick at the beginning of the year, and I'll continue to stick with this again with the turnaround they had this year. Obviously coming into Arrowhead and uh, pulling off that huge upset on Banner Night and uh, all the way through winning the division. First time winning the NFC North division. Um, Got to go with Dan Campbell. And you know what? I think there are a couple of... Um, very uh, close candidates. It would not surprise me if this is a um, if this is a very close one here, because D'Amico Ryan's and we were just talking about C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. I think D'Amico Ryan's has done a phenomenal job turning that Texans team around. This is a Texans team. A lot of people did not want to go and take the GM job or the head coaching job in Houston because of how big of a mess it was and the turnaround we've seen from the uh, Texans. And that's see, I think C.J. Stroud that five touchdown game he had and that game winning drive he had. I think that was like the first, like everyone uh, started to pay attention to the Texans. Um, so I think, um, I think uh, D'Amico Ryan's is a candidate. Another very close candidate, I think would be Kevin Stefanski from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I mean, listen, Cleveland, we all know uh, like, I mean, th- that team gets poked at and made fun of the most. Uh, along with the Lions. Uh, and the fact that they lost so many quarterbacks this year, they had so many different changes at quarterbacks. Four different quarterbacks started multiple games for the for the Cleveland Browns. They kept finding ways to win. They kept finding ways to win. And, um, you know, I, I, there were a lot of injuries at quarterback this year, for sure. Uh, a lot of people thought the Bengals were done. They, they kind of made it close in the end, but the Chiefs definitely made sure. Uh, to put the final nail in the coffin there. But the Browns, man, a lot of people think this is going to be a, a, a dark horse team, a team that can make a really deep run in the playoffs this year. So I'm excited to see uh, to see that. But I got to go with Dan Campbell for coach of the year. Comeback player of the year. Okay, my vote is Joe Flacco. My runner-up would be Tua because the injury he sustained when his fingers locked up and how scary that was and a lot of all the drama with the doctor too and people saying that, you know, he should retire. And then he comes back and has a phenomenal game, led the NFL in passing yards this year. Um, and I definitely think should be in the MVP conversation should definitely be in the comeback player of the year conversation. Another comeback player definitely would have to be Baker Mayfield, man. What has he gone through in the last year, two years uh, with the way he was let go in Cleveland, um, the short time he had in Carolina and, you know, went over to the Rams and had a really nice game a debut leading the Rams to a comeback on 48 hours notice, mind you. Um, but obviously they wanted to stick with Matt Stafford. So he's he turned into a journeyman in one in the span of like 12 months at one point during the 2022 calendar year. Um, but, man, the job he has done in Tampa Bay, phenomenal. I know. The NFC South, not the toughest division by any means, but still found ways to win. The Bucks found a way to win that division. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to Baker Mayfield. And, uh, you know, he he had a big hand in helping uh, Mike Evans continue his uh, consecutive seasons of 1,000 receiving yards. Um, and listen, some people think that Baker could maybe lead the Bucks to a deep playoff run. So it would be, um, you know, hypothetically, and I don't know if this happens, maybe Cleveland can get to a Super Bowl. But boy, if Baker got to a Super Bowl against his former team, the team that drafted him and then really screwed him over, boy, wouldn't that be a storyline? But I, I mean, that, that to me, that, there's a very slim chance of that happening. So now you guys might be asking the obvious. Well, 
we all know who's really going to win comeback player of the year. And it's not going to be any of those three guys I mentioned. It's going to be DeMar Hamlin. And I do not agree with this one bit. Listen, what happened to him was very scary. I still remember being in Vegas at a sports book, watching that. A lot of people were excited for that Monday night game. Two uh, powerhouse AFC teams. Um, and unfortunately, you know, with what happened to DeMar Hamlin, um, getting rushed to the hospital and everything, they canceled the game. Something we had never really seen before. Um, but then he came back. He obviously made an appearance at the NFL Honors last year and at the Super Bowl, which was great to see. And obviously he got to come back and play this year. Um, but he only played 17 snaps and 90-some special team snaps. Look, y- you got to play to win the Comeback Player of the Year award. I get it's a nice story. I remember when Eric Berry was coming back. Uh, what was he coming back from? Battle Against Cancer. Who was he competing against for Comeback Player of the Year? Derek Anderson. Um was it Derek Anderson or Carson Palmer? I can't remember. I think it was Carson Palmer, actually. Another person who he was coming back against was Adrian Peterson. Now, what had just gone on with Peterson recently at that time? The child abuse uh, allegations. And I know a lot of media outlets like to do the half, the midseason awards. And there were some media outlets actually giving the comeback award midseason to AP. And a lot of people weren't happy about that. Now, I think Eric Berry, he got off to a slow start that year, but did get better as the season went on. And I think he was the rightful winner uh, for the comeback award that year. But, um, you know, should, I, I don't think it should be given to someone with the best story. It should be given to someone that played well in their comeback season. Um, again, very happy that DeMar came back. He's healthy. He's doing much better. All of that is very important. Do not get me wrong on this. But you got to play. And he only played in, what, five, six, seven games? Not very many games this year. Um, could Tua be the comeback award? Yeah, I, I think Tua is. Uh, for, um, he was my pick until Joe Flacco. He was my pick until Joe Flacco. You got to go with Joe Flacco with the way he kind of helped kind of resurrect the Cleveland Browns season. I know they were still winning games. Uh, but I think him coming back, I mean, the, the Browns have just been uh, kind of a kind of a scary team, if we're being honest. Uh, a couple other uh, NFL news and notes here. Two surprises with uh, coaching firings. Um, the one that came today was Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks obviously won a Super Bowl with Pete Carroll, b- destroying the Patriots, uh, not the Patriots, Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Uh, went back a year later, tried to go back to back, unable to do so, just a yard away from doing that. But um, the, the the Seahawks have not been that same team since then. The, the Legion of Boom, remember that? Everyone loved th- that unit, and they just weren't the same afterwards. Uh, the Seahawks have just not been a Super Bowl contender since that loss to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But you're still winning a lot of football games with Pete Carroll. I know it has not been perfect the entire time, and I've been a huge fan of Pete Carroll. If if Andy Reid was not coaching, I would want Pete Carroll. I know he's up there in age, but, man, um, I was just shocked by this. I really was. One that I was very shocked by, and I will say I think this team is making a huge mistake, the Tennessee Titans. Wh- what are you doing? Letting Mike Vrabel I know this season did not live up to expectations, but, you know, you change your rookie quarterback, and... You know, I, 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 the Titans still pulled off some some big wins this year. The win against the Dolphins in December, 
Monday Night Football, and also in Week 17, beat the Jaguars to keep them out of the playoffs, to eliminate them from playoff contention, helping the Texans win the uh, division. So I was shocked by this. I'm telling you right now, if I could have any head coach right now to be the head coach of the Chiefs, like, like if all the coaches were free agents and you have to consider age and experience and all that stuff, man, I would want Mike Vrabel on my team. I, I, I love Mike Vrabel. I was excited. I was more excited when Matt Castle got traded to the Chiefs. Mike Vrabel came along with him. I was way more excited about Mike Vrabel than I was Matt Castle at the time. I know Castle was the part, big part of it because the Chiefs needed a quarterback, but man, Vrabel's always just had a very high IQ and it's no shocker that he's coaching in the NFL, one coach of the year. I know the Chiefs came back and beat the Titans, but man, he had the Chiefs backed up against the wall. And I know, you know, looking back with the firing, some people hold that against him and say, well, that might be part of the reason. Man, the, the Chiefs came back against a lot of teams. You can't, yeah, you should have won that game up by 10 on the road in the AFC title game, one game away from the big one. But, you know, the Chiefs were coming back against a lot of people. Just a week before that, they came back against the Texans down 24 nothing. So, I don't know. I think this is a huge mistake by the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to regret this. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Patriots. Obviously, Belichick's future is still kind of uh, up in the air right now. But, man, um, by the way, Seattle firing Pete Carroll. Maybe this is because Mike Vrabel is available. If you are a team looking for a head coach right now, absolutely, 1,000%, you should be contacting Mike Vrabel for an interview. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't think it's going to take Mike Vrabel very long to get a job. I don't think so. Now, unless he's waiting for maybe one of the playoff teams, I don't know. There are rumors about retirements. I'll tell you what right now, man. If if the rumors about Andy Reid's retirement are true, and I don't really hold much to that because that's been a rumor for years. But if Andy Reid does retire, my God, Clark Hunt needs to bring in Mike Vrabel for an interview in four seconds. Don't even wait one more second. You got to do it immediately. Um, so maybe Mike Vrabel is going to wait around to see what other teams do and, and wait for the Patriots and see what happens there. But um, I guarantee you right now, I mean, I'm sure Mike Vrabel has had a lot of teams already reach out to him. There's no way that's not the case. Um, that was very shocking to me. Yeah, a lot of you guys think Vrabel is going to go very quick. Some of you guys think he's going to go to the Patriots. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that was, a that, that was a shocker to me. Uh, now I did mention the Titans beating the Jaguars, uh, the Jaguars, they came back last year after a very slow start to win the AFC South. And then this year they blew the lead in the division to the Texans and their entire defensive staff just got fired. Um, listen, I like Doug Peterson, phenomenal job by him in Philadelphia, winning the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback and Nick Foles. Obviously, both of them are former Chiefs. So uh, as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you feel good about that. You feel good seeing that uh, happen in Philly. But man, um, unfortunately, Doug Peterson finds himself in a bad position again. Um, and, and listen, I think Trevor Lawrence, I know this whole hype with him once in a generation quarterback. Remember that hype for him and all these promos? He hasn't lived up to that hype. And I, do I think it's all his fault? No. I think the, the Jaguars front office needs to they need to help bring in some key guys to help him out and i don't think they've done that i think they put so much pressure on the guy and listen uh, trevor lawrence rookie year he had um 
Urban Meyer. I mean, that was just a shit show. And they had to dig themselves out of that. And I think Doug Peterson did a phenomenal job with that. And I think he certainly should have been considered for Coach of the Year uh, last year. And I think he was. Um, him and uh, Shanahan, who, by the way, just like Stefanski, kept finding ways to win with different quarterbacks. So, I don't know. Um, that was just weird to me. Uh, that was weird. Uh, a couple other NFL notes here. Um, the Saints and the Falcons drama. Okay. I, I've already spoken out on this and a lot of people disagreed with me and that's fine. But I'm going to, I'm, I'm sticking to this. So the Saints, um, they lined up in uh, a QB Neal formation. And then what happens at the one yard line? They hand the ball off to the running back. And these are all backups playing. Jameis Winston, he said that the team, the players, I guess, agreed to run it. So they do a fake QB kneel to hand off and score a touchdown. Arthur Smith, who got fired by the Falcons, lashed out at Dennis Allen, which was kind of a funny clip. Um, Look, you, what was the score to that game? 48-17? It was 41-17. By the way, all these people saying, well, someone on defense could have gotten hurt for not being ready for this. Who got hurt? No one got hurt. Um... Maybe Arthur Smith's feelings got hurt. That's what happened. Um, look, I don't care how they lined up. If, if if they wanted to do that, stop them. Do something about it. Stop them if you don't like it. Now, I will say this. Going against what Dennis Allen had said, that is an issue. That is an issue. I don't agree with Shannon Sharp about cutting him. I mean, listen, he didn't commit any crimes. Jesus Christ. Um, there are players who go and commit crimes and don't get released from their teams so let's calm down a little bit with that right there i like shannon sharp i really do i thought that was a major overreaction um but uh you know to go against your coach that part is an issue i will say this though if you want to do the whole qb neil and you know uh trick them like that i will say there is one uh way to justify it if the falcons players were talking mad shit all week and during the game, yeah, like, go for it. Rub it in their faces. I've got no issues with that. Listen, these guys are football players. They're professional athletes. They make millions of dollars. If their feelings are hurt by this, cry me a river. Big deal. You, you got whooped, and they ran up the scoreboard on you. Um, as if, like, you know, a lot of these uh, athletes who were, like, jocks in high school didn't pick on the nerd and make fun of them. Like, come on. You can take, you know, a team running up the score on you. Uh, the Raiders, they are trying to work on their future. They are interviewing the former general manager of the L.A. Chargers. All I have to say about that, please hire him. Please do it. Please hire him. Please do so. That's all I got to say. Um, okay, this Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy Kimmel thing. This is a very exciting topic to get into here. We all know that. Um, okay, I'll make this quick. I don't want to make this political. I don't think this was political. Um, you guys all know what's going on. Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show last Tuesday, eight days ago, and made some kind of suggestion that Jimmy Kimmel does not want the Epstein list to come out because I don't, I don't think he gave a reason. Actually, he never said Jimmy Kimmel would be on the list, but a lot of people ran with that comment. And said, oh, Jimmy Kimmel's on the list. And by the way, a fake list was created with Jimmy Kimmel's name on it. Jimmy Kimmel was not on the list. Aaron Rodgers came back on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and actually spoke against people who did that. Uh, even um, even uh, condemned. 
people that were falsely calling, uh, accusing him of pedophilia, which is a very serious thing to be accused of. Um, so Aaron Rodgers shut all of that down, but a lot of people don't like that narrative because it doesn't, it, it doesn't fit their story. Um, now, if you never said Jimmy Kimmel was on the list, what were you inferring? What were you suggesting? What were you insinuating? What was the point of bringing up Jimmy Kimmel's name in that time? By the way, AJ Hawk, um, you, you know, good career in college and in the NFL with the Packers. What the hell is his purpose on the Pat McAfee show? I, I mean, I, I guess he's really good friends with Pat McAfee. He's not, he doesn't even come on for the entire show. And yesterday, Aaron Rodgers, when he's rambling for so long, he did want to move on from it. And they, they agreed to, you know, they did like the, you know, the huddle and, you know, broke the huddle and they, they're like, okay, we're done with this. But then AJ Hawk brings that back up again. It's like, dude, they're actually trying to stick to sports. And by the way, listen, I I, I don't like athletes sticking to sports. I love when athletes speak on these kinds of things. I, I, listen, Aaron Rodgers, I know there's been such a big rumor about him and his personality and how boring and bad he is. Uh, because he doesn't connect with his family or and whatnot. I'm glad Aaron Rodgers does the Pat McAfee show because we see a side to Aaron Rodgers that we've never seen before. Look at the Kelsey brothers when they do their podcast. I personally think we've seen a side in, in of Travis Kelsey we've truly never seen before. Um, Aaron Rodgers was on the Joe Rogan podcast once. And man, the things that he is aware of, the things he talks about, it's like, man, this guy obviously knows a lot more than just football. Um, Travis Kelsey knows a lot more than just football. Uh, Jason Kelsey, all the things. Um, to me, it's like, and by the way, Jimmy Kimmel had an interesting response, just lashing out at him and demanding an apology. I will say the joke about how, uh, Aaron only had two A's on his report card. And that was his first name. That was funny. I don't care who you are. That was funny as hell. Um, but look, you know, Rogers going through the whole COVID thing again. And I know Kimmel brought that up. It's like, you know, I, I don't think Rogers was incorrect about everything. Now, I don't know enough about that topic to really dive into it deep. Um, I will say this. This is here's the issue I did have. Not necessarily with Rogers. I do think, you know, the whole like suggesting the whole listing, like you got to be very careful with that. Um, I know, you know, a lot of people want to play the card. Oh, he never said he was on the list. Yeah, but what were you trying to infer? Because that did lead to Jimmy Kimmel getting accused of something he never did. And that is a very serious issue in our society today. Um, but I will say this, because we hear a lot of athletes get told stick to sports. Where were Where was the stick to sports crowd when Aaron Rodgers, you know, again, he talks about a lot of non-sports related topics. Where was that crowd? Where were those people? And again, I I don't want athletes to stick to sports. I love when athletes talk about non-sports stuff. Um, if an athlete talks about a, a movie, if they talk about Star Wars, well, a lot of people love Star Wars, and they, you know you automatically connect and make like a you, you have something in common with that athlete, um, and, and you kind of you, you're able to relate to them in a certain way. If an athlete talks about a video game that they played, maybe you love that same video game and you kind of geek out over that because you have something uh, in common with that person. So I, I like it when athletes um, go out of bounds and talk about things that they don't uh, normally discuss. But man. Um, the, the stick to sports crowd, nowhere to be found. I thought that was very interesting. That was that was my only like major issue other than what he was trying to infer with the list comment. Uh, picks for this weekend. Let's get back into football here. 
And then after this, we're breaking down the games, and I appreciate you guys tuning in uh, as long as you all have had. Uh, much appreciated. Saturday, Browns at the Texans. I like what the Texans Texans have done this year. Um, I thought they were going to be a road team. They're a home team, so that's even better for them. But I can't pick against the Browns. I just can't. So I am going Cleveland to win on Saturday. I'll get back to the other Saturday game, the Chiefs game. Sunday, we got a pair of two versus seven games. First up, you got the Steelers visiting the Bills. The Steelers, uh, the Dolphins are dealing with a lot of injuries. The Steelers are even worse. Um, just a lot of issues all around uh, for the Steelers. Maybe their running game can make a make it a contest, but I gotta go with um, I gotta go with the uh, the Bills on this one. By the way, for those of you in the chat, uh, pick along with me, please. Let me know uh, what you guys are um, predicting for these games. So I'm going so far Browns and the Bills. Uh, the other two versus seven game, the Packers at the Cowboys. A lot of people think this is going to be a blowout. I actually think this is going to be a very close game. I really do. I think Jordan Love, he has been inconsistent, but man, I think he's really done a great job uh, helping this Packers team. You got to understand something with Jordan Love. This is a guy that is filling in Aaron Rodgers' shoes. Who did Aaron Rodgers replace? Brett Favre. The Packers had 30 years of Hall of Fame play from two quarterbacks, and I know they only got two rings out of it, um, and then Mahomes gets two in five years, but still, um, 30 years of great quarterback play, that's just impossible. I mean, a lot of teams would beg for that. Um, we have in Kansas City for a long time. Uh, but listen, I think Dak Prescott, he really is having his best year in the NFL, in my opinion. I love the offense. CeeDee Lamb, uh, I mean, might be the best wide receiver this year outside of Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I think the Cowboys have too much firepower for the Packers to handle. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think the Cowboys are going to come out on top. The Rams at the Lions. Um, I, I think the Lions have been great this year. A beautiful turnaround story. Uh, a franchise that's really been the bottom of the barrel for a long time, kind of like the Cleveland Browns. But I cannot go against the Rams. I just can't. I really like what the Rams have done the past couple of years. I know last year they dealt with a lot of injuries, but now they're back at full strength. Puka Nakua, man, that guy's a monster. Um, the, the the job that guy has done as a rookie receiver this year and the uh, plays he's made. Oh, by the way, Cooper Cup is also on the team. Matthew Stafford, very experienced quarterback. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, yeah, Stafford does have more experience than Mahomes. I, I, I uh, fumbled on that earlier, but Mahomes has more playoff games uh, under his belt than Stafford does. So, man, um, still Stafford, uh, a veteran who knows what to do going into the playoffs. So, man, I, I got to tell you, um, this, is, uh, this is a game that I think uh, the Rams are going to win. And I would not be surprised if the Rams blow them out. I like the Lions. I really love the um, the two running backs they've got. Gibbs and Montgomery. Um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, phenomenal receiver. I think they've got a stout defense, and that's the kind of coach Dan Campbell is. He always tries to coach that kind of thing. I just can't go against the Rams. So can't, can't do that. Monday night. This is the toughest game for me to predict. Eagles at the Bucks. Um, I hate to give this kind of answer, but depending on Jalen Hurts' injury, if Jalen Hurts is good to go, I'm picking the Eagles. But if that hand injury is worse than we might we might think, 
I can't I can't pick the Eagles. The Eagles are in disarray right now. They really are. They're not playing like a team. They're not they're not even losing like a team. Remember um uh D- Danny Glover's character in Angels in the outfield, he's like, Man, we can't win as a team. We can't even lose as a team. That's the Eagles right now. Um the the games they've lost too. I mean, they had some gimme games the last two weeks. And, you know, not only do you let the Cowboys uh, hold on to that NFC East lead, but, you know, um, you just have not been playing good football recently. And I think they're very fortunate to even have the top wildcard spot in the NFC. So the way I'm answering this, I'm going to go, I am going to put a, uh, I'm going to do a parlay here, but I'm going to wait until Saturday morning. If, if Hertz is hurt, no pun intended. Um, I got to pick the Bucks. I got to pick the Bucks. But if he's good to go, I'll pick the Eagles. But even then, I, I, I'm not confident in that. I'm just not. Um, You know what? Screw it. I'm picking the Bucks. Like the fact that I even have to really think about the Eagles right now, I think is the scary part. You know, I, I know a lot of people are not high on the Chiefs. And understandably so. They've given people reasons to feel that way. But the Chiefs at least have kind of they, they picked it up in that Cincinnati game. How did the Eagles close out the season? On a horrible note. Um, so when you're looking at the two Super Bowl participants from last year, I think you have to feel more confident in the Chiefs than the Eagles right now. Because the Eagles are in complete disarray. Um, they're just not playing as a team right now. So this is a very tough one for me. But I think with all the questions I have to keep asking about the Eagles, I got to go with the Bucks. So I'm going Browns, Bills, Cowboys, Rams, Bucks. You guys already know who I'm picking at Arrowhead. You guys already know the answer to that. So those are my picks, my six picks for this weekend. Uh, A couple notes here. Andy Reid in a press conference did note that there's a possibility that Sky Moore and Brian Cook uh, could come back later in the playoffs if the Chiefs make a deep run. Sky Moore? (laughs) Uh, I don't know if anyone's really in a hurry to see him back. Brian Cook, man, I I, I was, uh, if you guys watch my draft preview uh, uh, live stream last year, Brian Cook was, was one of the guys I wanted the Chiefs to take, and I was thrilled when the Chiefs got him. So, uh, you know, I, I hated seeing him go down. I think it was the Packers game where he got hurt. Um, but the Chiefs defense has been playing well. I don't think the Chiefs are in any rush for Brian Cook to come back. It can only help. It can only help, though. Um, So those two players uh, have a chance. So something to uh, keep in mind as the the playoffs go on. For those of you that are joining late, two key stats in this game that I think are very important. Number one, the Dolphins have lost 10 straight games when the weather is below 40 degrees. So Tua has yet to win a game essentially in, in the freezing temperatures. Now, the one stat that is a huge deal to me, a much bigger deal than the one I just read, the Miami Dolphins this year are 1-5 when Tua gets sacked at least three times. Oh, by the way, the Chiefs are second in the NFL in sacks with 57. So this is a huge mismatch, I think, for the Miami Dolphins. You guys all know this game's going to be on Peacock. Your announcers for this one, Mike Tirico and Jason Garrett. Mike Tirico is going to be announcing two days, uh, in, uh, two games in as many days. 
Uh, so, hey, good on, good on Mike Tirico. No Chris Collinsworth. He's going to be announcing one of the, the, whatever the night game is, Rams at Lions. Yeah, that's the game he's doing. And Mike Tirico is going to go there right after this. Referee is Brad Rogers. He has not officiated Chiefs game in more than a year. Head coach for the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. And when you look at the Dolphins, uh, who uh, coordinated by Frank Smith, total offense first, passing second, rushing six, points per game second. Uh, averaging more than 29 points points per game, excuse me. So Dolphins were number one in every single one of those categories uh, when the Chiefs played them in Germany. Now, you know, you kind of see the Dolphins. They slipped a little bit in some of these areas, but still a high, high uh, prolific team. But as we mentioned, they do beat up on a lot of bad teams. And I think that 70 points against the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, Broncos at the time were bad. I know they came close in the end to challenge the Chiefs for the division, but... Um, I think that also played a big part in some of the uh, stats uh, that the team stats you see. Tua led the NFL in passing yards, uh, more than forty six hundred yards, most in the NFL, of course. Twenty nine touchdowns, tied for fifth most. Fourteen picks on the year, tied for fourth most, along with Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence. He's been sacked twenty nine times, and for reference, uh, that's two more times than Mahomes was sacked this year. Two great running backs on the Dolphins roster: Raheem Mostert. Just surpassed the 1,000 yard mark. He has he had the 10th most uh, rushing yards. Excuse me, averaging almost five yards a carry. Uh, he also led the NFL in rushing touchdowns with 18 on the year. Uh, to give you a reference, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts each had 15 rushing touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey had 14. So uh, obviously Allen, you know, runs a lot. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the the tush push, they do that a lot. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey, you know, he was behind them with 14. Uh, so uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, there's a big gap between one and two. Uh, Devon Achan, another great running back. Now, Mostert is, you know, on the injury report. So keep that in mind. Might not be available for this game. Achan is a good running back. He ran for 800 yards in 11 games, averaging almost eight yards a carry. That's insane. This guy for sure can find a running, uh, can find a starting job elsewhere. Um, runs just as well as Mostert. Uh, again, almost eight yards per carry, nine rushing touchdowns on the season for uh, for uh, HN. Wide receivers, you all know about Tyreek Hill, almost 1,800 receiving yards on the year, led the NFL in that category, 13 touchdowns, 83 first down catches in the NFL, led the NFL in all three of those categories, had 119 receptions, tied for second most. Now, he did lead, uh, not uh, lead, but was tied second in a stat that you don't want to lead in. Drops. We all know about that in Kansas City. Tyreek Hill was tied for the second most drops. And if you're wondering who he tied with, Jerome Ford of the Browns and Devontae Adams of the Raiders. Now, Jalen Waddell, his uh, status is also up in the air um, for this game. And Dolphins fans feel like they could have gotten some help from him in this game. He has 72 catches for just over a thousand yards and four touchdowns. So, uh, Waddle is, has been a big part. And by the way, you know, when you have Tyree kill almost 1800 receiving yards, he's sharing the field with another thousand yard receiver too. And he's been doing that with Travis Kelsey too. So very impressive to see Tyree kill continue to put up these numbers, but behind Hill and Waddle, who's next? Who do they rely on? Well, Waddle might not play in this game. And if he is, he's not going to be 100%. Well, their third best pass catcher is tight end Durham Smith, 
who has 35 catches for 366 yards. That's third best on the team, which isn't great. Uh, by the way, he had no touchdowns on the year, no touchdown passes to a tight end for the Dolphins this year. Braxton Berrios, 27 catches for 238 yards and a touchdown. They like to use him. He's also their primary return specialist. Cedric Wilson, Devon Achen, Raheem Mostert, they all have had three touchdown catches on the year. So uh, they use their running backs uh, quite well through the year as well, but not as much, obviously, because uh, behind Hill and Waddle, you hardly have a lot of other guys. Offensive line, actually not a bad offensive line. Uh, right tackle, Austin Jackson, he's allowed the most pressures on the team with 21. They have three other offensive linemen that allowed 20 pressures on the year each. Now, some of them missed some games. Guys like Kendall Lamb missed three games. Lester Cotton missed a few. Uh, Liam Eikenberg missed a game. But still, you know, all three of them each uh, allowed just 20 pressures. So pretty stout offensive line for the Dolphins. Now, I did mention... When Tua gets sacked three or more times, the Dolphins are one in five. The Chiefs are second in the NFL in sacks. If you're wondering how, by the way, the Chiefs sacked Tua three times in the game in Germany. I'm very curious if you guys can guess who those three are, because this was a surprise to me. I kind of forgot about this. The three guys who got to Tua in this game, not Chris Jones, not George Karloftis, not Nick Bolton. And I don't even know if Nick Bolton was playing in that game or not. Uh, not Drew Tranquil. It was Leo Chanel, Jalen Watson, and Trishon Wharton. So you had a, a defensive lineman, a backup defensive lineman, a backup linebacker, and um, a backup cornerback, all who got to uh, Tua in this game. So that was a bit of a surprise to me, uh, looking back and trying to get a refresher in that one. So those were the three guys who got to Tua. I definitely think, you know, preferably you want guys like Chris Jones and uh, Charles Aminahu, Carl Loftus, Dana, you definitely want those guys. Chanel, man, Chanel's a great pass rusher, though. He really is. So uh, I hope they use him more in this game. I, he definitely can make a an impact, I think, for the Chiefs in, um, in Saturday's game. Waddle and Mostert, that's going to be the big question mark right there. And even if those two are available, your offensive line has to be ready for the Chiefs' defense because they are going to feast on Tua. I'm predicting, I'm, I'm going to predict five sacks in this one. Chris Jones, by the way, trying to get that incentive, didn't play the entire game, of course, got the sack in the third quarter, but um, he actually had the most pressures he had had in a game since 2018. So, hey, money talks. Money, money certainly does a lot. Uh, Dolphins defense coordinated by Vic Fangio, 10th in total defense, 15th against the pass, 7th against the run, 22nd in points per game. Now, uh, by the way, one other thing I forgot to mention, because of the cold weather, you know they're going to use HN a lot uh, and Mostert if he's available. So, And I think the same thing with the Chiefs, with Pacheco. Um, he's played very well recently for the Chiefs, did well against the Raiders, dominated that Bengals game, and obviously got some rest this week, much needed, uh, because only one player did not practice today, and that was Wanya Morris. Justin Ross didn't practice yesterday, but went back to practice today, which was good. So Wanya Morris, your only unavailable player, and uh, if he's not available, uh, they will have Donovan Smith back. He hasn't played great this year, but the veteran presence can certainly help in the playoffs. Um, Looking at the uh, defense, which, by the way, uh, points per game allowed, they rank 22nd in that category. 
Man, they're going to be missing a lot of key players. Bradley Chubb on IR with a knee injury. He led the team in sacks with 11, 11 tackles for a loss, six forced fumbles. Don't got to worry about him. Andrew Van Geekel is not going to be playing with a foot injury. Jerome Baker going to be out with a wrist injury. Cam Good going to be out with a knee injury. Xavier Howard is not going to be playing in this one. Longtime NFL cornerback. One of my favorite cornerbacks. I wish he was a chief, uh, but just was never in the cards for him to come here. Um, they're going to be missing a lot of guys. So they're going to be relying on their interior defensive line. Guys like Zach Seiler, who has 10 sacks and 11 tackles for a loss. Christian Wilkins uh, playing opposite of Seiler. He has nine sacks and 10 tackles for a loss. So, you know, um, Seiler and Wilkins going up against the Chiefs guards, Trey Smith and Joe Tooney. That is going to be a very key matchup to watch out for in this game. Deshaun Hand, another guy to look out for. Part of that uh, active defensive line rotation. Uh, looking at their uh, outside linebackers, their edge rushers, the pass rushers for this game. Uh, you got Melvin Ingram, who has one and a half sacks in three games this year. Emmanuel Agba in five, uh, or excuse me, five. Uh, he has had five sacks in 15 games. And then Justin Houston, who was with the Carolina Panthers playing seven games for them, got just half of a sack and uh, requested his release in mid-December, which was granted to him. All three of those guys are former Chiefs, and those might be your primary edge rushers for the Miami Dolphins. So uh, Jawan Taylor and um, and Donovan Smith, most likely. Yeah, they haven't played great, but they're going up against backups. Now, on the flip side of it, I'm sure Dolphins fans are saying, yeah, we got a lot of backups playing, but their tackles are not very good. And I think that's going to be the big key on this game for the Chiefs offense. Look. Hopefully they uh, have some tight end running back help because those two tackles definitely could use it. Quarterbacks for this one, obviously I mentioned no Xavier Howard, so you're going to be facing Jalen Ramsey and Eli Apple. I remember being so excited for Eli Apple to the Giants at the time, but man, he's just turned into a journeyman. Went to the Bengals for a little bit, gone to a couple other uh, landing spots, but he just is not a good quarterback in the NFL, so the Chiefs should not have any problems going up against him. Jalen Ramsey, three picks in 10 games, had the knee surgery very early uh, in the training camp, so he missed some time, uh, but in his return has played great. I think I he had a pick six in his first game back. So a uh, very good cornerback for the uh, for the Dolphins. Played for the Jaguars a long time. Uh, and I remember a lot of rumors of him coming here, which never came to fruition. Javon Holland has just one pick, but it's a 99-yard pick six. That was against the New York Jets. Very, very good cover safety. Um, one of the best safeties in the NFL. You also have Deshaun Elliott. His status is up in the air for Saturday's game. So another injury to add to the list. I mentioned Braxton Berrios uh, also uh, handles the return duties. He's third in kick return yards with 441 yards, a little over 10 yards per punt return uh, in in that uh, side of things. He uh, also has 24 fair catches, which I uh, noticed. That is the fifth most in the NFL. So something to uh, keep in mind with, uh, with Berrios when you watch Saturday's game. Kicker Jason Sanders. 24 of 28 field goals. All four misses are from long range, so 40 and 50s. Uh, so overall, a pretty consistent kicker. Missed just one PAT this year. Um, did miss a field goal in that 28 to 27 Monday Night Football loss against the Titans, the one we alluded to earlier. Punter Jake Bailey, uh, one of the worst in the NFL. Doesn't punt a whole lot, though. He has just 53 punts, one of the fewest in the NFL, but 30th in punt average, 24th in net punting average. So that is, ladies and gentlemen, the Miami Dolphins in a nutshell for you guys. Look, it's got to be cold, obviously. And I think the Chiefs will still find a way to throw the football. I think they're going to utilize the short pass and the running game a lot in this Saturday's match. 
And I think in the fourth quarter, they'll try to utilize some of the deep passes because you know Andy Reid and Mahomes don't ever want to shy away from that. They don't ever want to go away from from that kind of thing because that has been their bread and butter. But you got to consider everything at hand. Uh, to answer the question, uh, Gwen, no, we don't know uh, quite yet. We'll find out for sure tomorrow what the injury designation will be for the game. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, uh, to see all of this, um, I think Pacheco is going to be a big part of your offense. I also think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be a big part of, of of the Chiefs offense. I really do. I know it's not the most popular name, but he's kind of gained some, some favor uh, over the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think uh, Pacheco is going to have a big game on the ground, similar to how we did against Cincinnati. And I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire will also step in and uh, compliment him in this game. And I think the Chiefs defense, they're going to they're gonna do their thing as they have done every single year. They've gone up against top-tier wide receivers all year long, man. They have not had an easy road uh, going up against top-tier wide receivers. They just haven't. And I know a lot of people bring up, well, Jamar Chase had a backup quarterback. Yeah, but nobody said that when the Bengals won three in a row with Browning and averaged 30-some-odd points per game during that winning streak. So certainly, you know, backup quarterback was not an issue at the time. All right, with all of that said, I've got to go with Kansas City in this one. At home, Miami just injury riddled in this football game. The Chiefs defense, I think they're, like I said, they're going to do what they do um, in this game. The offense, I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll look good. I, I think they'll have their mistakes here and there, but I think they'll look good in this one. I'm going to go with the Chiefs 27 to 17 to win this football game. And they will move on and visit the Buffalo Bills. That is my prediction. Going with the Chiefs in this one. <laughs> Had to do the air horn. Haven't done it all, all podcast long. All right. I'm out of here, guys. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. For those of you who watch live on Facebook and YouTube, thank you guys so much. Uh, covered a lot of uh, a lot of topics on this podcast. So greatly appreciate everyone who tuned in from start to finish. If you tuned in for part of it, understandable. If you uh, didn't get a chance to catch the entire podcast, uh, it'll be available on Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. So for those of you who watch live, it'll be available on there. My name is Farzine Vasugi, and if you enjoyed the podcast, please share the links. Let a friend know about the podcast. Invite your friends to the Facebook page. We will be doing our Red Friday live chat. Friday at 7, so join me for that. We will do our pregame live chat Saturday morning, so be ready for that as well. We'll do a halftime live stream and then our postgame podcast as soon as we get the final score and clocks hit zero. We will do that live. All right, guys, once again, my name is Farzine Vesugian. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Good night. I will talk to you all on Friday. Take care.